favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I'm Kayla, and I am with... Noah! We're back again, third week in a row. Wow, we've been hard at work. We have. Getting new content ready. All kinds of content. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview we had last week. We have a few more we're trying to get lined up. But this is more of our, like, normal episode, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's a classic secondhand film critics episode. It is. (laughs) And that episode is Ranking David Fincher Movies. Yeah. This has been on our slate for, what, a couple months now uh, because... We had to figure something out, and we actually hadn't seen a lot of these movies, which are pretty popular movies. Uh, I mean, Fincher is a very popular modern director, and it was time for us to get through them. So we decided, why not, you know, spend all the hours it takes to get through all of these. I wish I could, I like, knew how long it takes to watch all... 10 of these movies. No, they're long movies and they're intense watches. So it's like you can't really do a marathon. Yeah, like apart from maybe like Benjamin Button and The Social Network, maybe. I mean, Social Network yeah. is kind, I guess, could be labeled as stressful in some situations. Right. And Benjamin Button is just long. So Yeah, so it's like but all the other eight movies have some kind of either thriller or suspense, you know, hidden twists. So it's just like it's a draining experience. It whether is, they're it good is. or not. It's just a lot. It's a lot to take in, especially on a first watch. So definitely take some of these uh rankings with a grain of salt, but also it might be interesting, I think to hear from two people with a perspective like we hadn't seen most of these movies going in to watching all of these i'd only seen uh the social network if you can believe it and i had only seen zodiac yeah so we each watched nine movies and i actually rewatched uh the social network too so i watched technically all of his in like the last month or so i watched them all in the past like four days yeah I know. i've been so- doing like two a day very different experiences we have it's gonna definitely be an interesting conversation hopefully we can provide some form of intellect or not you know we are the secondhand film critics so that's fine so similar to our top 10 uh video we did a few weeks ago this is gonna be similar since there's 10 movies we have to rank we're just gonna go 10 through 6 do an ad and then 5 through 1 and we'll just go back and forth yeah, and this will also probably end up being a spoiler review. Um, yes. We assume a lot of people have probably already seen some of these movies, or if we get to the title of a certain movie and maybe you don't want to hear about it, you can just skip through that section. Right, yeah. His movies are very hard to talk about uh, without spoiling them, like as you may have heard in the Fight Club episode. So we're just going full spoilers for yeah, these. Yeah, sorry. So- sorry, but, you know. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, so let me give a little background about David Fincher, uh, from your favorite source, Wikipedia. (laughs) Love it! I did read a couple other, like, trivia on other sites, too, but I kind of just threw in some general information. Cool. Um, he has still not won an Oscar for directing, which 
is really surprising to me because that he's just crazy. so whether or not I love all of his movies, he's so good at directing. He's a, such a good director. And he's very consistent. Um he grew up with George Lucas as one of his neighbors, which is pretty cool. He started becoming interested in films at the age of 8 after watching a documentary on the making of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid which is pretty also crazy. He started making his own little films at home then with his 8mm camera. Um, and then as he got older, out of high school, in high school, working on directing plays, designing sets for plays, lighting for plays, mm. and then also worked at a movie theater, stuff like that. So he was kind of getting integrated into the industry. And you can definitely see that in a, like well, a lot of his movies. The sets are so well done. And very intentional. Yeah, he has a lot of experience in just, like, set design in general, and that's one of his strengths. So then he started doing commercials and music videos, which a lot of directors actually do leading into the industry. And in 1990 was when he booked Alien 3. Alien Cubed or Alien 3? Sorry. However you want to say it. <laughs> no, I don't it. know. I, I really don't know how people say it. Uh, that was his directorial debut for a feature film, and he hated it. He said, yeah. this is a quote from him, no one hated it more than me. To this day, no one hates it more than me. Which is, a lot of people hate this movie, including myself, so. Yeah, and I think um that is too because the studio kind of changed it a lot Yeah. in the in the edit. And both of us actually watched the extended edition which yes, is we did. the close which is closer to the version he wanted but and it was still, still like bad. it's still obvious that like it was very con controlled so it pr wasn't a good experience and him. then he did seven which mm -hmm. was a miraculous turnaround for him in my opinion no oh my gosh um, yes <laughs> but through this whole time he also worked on music videos periodically as well yeah he still does some, like he did Suit and Tie. Which is cool for him. Yeah. Produces a lot of television shows, executive produces shows, House of Cards, Mindhunters, the big one right now, Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah, he moved to, moved to Netflix. Yeah, got, gotta get the streaming gigs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his new one's coming out on Netflix too, so, you know. Yeah, Mank. That's how it goes. He is notorious for making actors perform an excruciating amount of takes for the perfect scene. This is something we've heard a lot. Um, yeah. Jake Hall hated it, <laughs> and other people have said things like Mark Ruffalo has been like, well, that's just how he is. Gone Girl averaged 50 takes per scene. That's insane. And Rooney Mara had a 99 take scene in the social network. And that's crazy, because I just rewatched that yesterday, and she only is in, like, three she scenes. I know! So, and they're all, like, two of them are kind of long, but 99 takes for those kind of scenes is crazy. No, it's crazy. I mean, but the thing is, it shows. It proves how good he is. And, I mean, if I worked for him ever, like, even on crew, I'd probably be like, God, I'm so tired of this. But, like, right. the end result, I think, is worth the effort that goes into it. Yeah, even if I don't love all of these movies, like you said, I can definitely tell, like, all the thought and care that was put into them. Yeah. And I can tell that he really cares about filmmaking, so that's just always great to see. 
I do know that he's like a super perfectionist too. Like he hates watching his own movies because he'll just be able to point out all the things that he doesn't like about them. Yeah. So I can relate to that a little bit too. Yeah. And he does shoot digitally, which Mm. is usually not very popular for filmmakers like this who are all about the film look. The Um, the film. (laughs) But... I mean, there's nothing wrong with shooting digitally if you want to shoot. No, digitally. yeah, and especially with all like that CGI stuff. Which yeah, is, like, crazy. and he's—I mean, he's—he's he's known, quote unquote, for CGI, but really a lot of his CGI goes under the radar because mm. unless it's something like Benjamin Button, you know, where where he's putting faces on people. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he is. I mean, like a lot of his movies have really intensive CGI, which is like so cool in my yeah opinion. like even the title sequence in the girl the dragon tattoo is so cool and like the ink in the way it all goes like yeah. he just has so many cool sequences well all his title sequences are like yes. the best yeah they're they're very good <laughs> yeah no he's great uh he's really talented his movies are all all good well maybe not our number 10 <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. We both have the I same I think our number, number 10, 10 is probably the same. It is, hands yeah. down. All right. And that is Alien Aliens. 3. Aliens 3. The, <laughs> yeah, this was, it's a rough one. Oh my God. <laughs> this movie, I, it felt like it was getting to the climax, you know, where they first trap the alien in the, like, the thing. The maze thing? Oh, yeah, where they have him in the tunnels, and then they yeah. put him in that room, and they're like, he's not going to get out because it's a steel room, right. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, right. great, like, the movie's over. That felt like ages. And then I looked at it, and it was like, there was an hour and 20 minutes left. And I was yes. like, oh, my God, I only watched an hour of this? Are you they kidding? Dump the lo- then they have, to, they have to dump the lava, and then he jumps out of the lava. It's, oh, oh my gosh, so, it's so long. And it's so boring because, like, none of the characters are really likable. The acting is just so overdone. Like, everyone's so dramatic about everything. There's no, like, comedic relief or anything to kind of keep you interested. It's just... And the problem with the Alien movies in general... Sorry, I'm sorry to the people who like Alien. It's fine. You can like it. Uh, but I did like the lighting in the first one, not in this one. The first one is like, at least I can enjoy the technical aspects. Yeah, but they're all just like, oh god, the alien's here, and then it eats someone, and they're trying to get in, and then someone else gets eaten, and then their plane gets ruined, and then he comes back, and it's like, he gets bigger, he eats someone else's yeah. head. And then it ends, and you're like, oh, the alien's still here. But one thing I will say about Aliens 3 is even if I didn't like the story as much, I can definitely see a lot of Fincher trying to find his own voice, and especially with a lot of, like, the religious metaphor he was playing with and a lot of the atmosphere, especially in, like, the first half of the movie. I think it was just interesting to see and put it in context of all these other movies that are coming. Yeah. Um, but as, like, a movie, it's just not that good. <laughs> well, we can move on. We don't need yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on uh, to number nine. I don't know. This this one might be the same as well. I'm not sure. What's your number nine? The game. Yep, that's my number nine. All right. Okay, great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, here's the thing with this one, okay? So this movie is about this guy who's rich and kind of a dick to everyone. I mean, every Wall Street man ever. 
Um, yeah. Although he's in San Francisco, not on Wall Street. Um, he's an investment banker. He's a jerk. His brother comes and he's like, oh, you should check out this game. And so he goes and signs up for this game, which from the beginning, you're like, yeah, okay, this is all fake in a setup. And then he... Well, because it's so obviously like the startup thing is like... Yeah, yeah. And then he plays this this real life game and it turns out bad and he thinks all his bank accounts are stolen and his life's been taken over. And then in the end, you find out that the brother planned it all and it was... Uh, surprise birthday party for a whole year though so it was an entire year that he was going through this and then it ends with him the big reveal he shoots his brother so he thinks his brother's (laughs) dead and then because he thinks his brother's dead he tries to commit suicide by jumping off the side of the building and apparently the building was set up to be all brick through glass so he actually doesn't die and then it's the big surprise so there's so many things that could have gone wrong just in that. Just to make him a better person. Which, like, I would feel like at the end of that I would be worse because I'd probably just need therapy for the rest of my life because living through, like, the yeah, traumatic like experiences. It's crazy. Here's the thing about this movie. I thought the ori- the first, like, 45 minutes, I was like, okay, like, this is a decent setup. Like, this game, yeah. whatever. Like, I like that concept, but yes. then, like, of all the ways for it to go, I was like, there's so... The payoff so... was just not there. <laughs> there's so many problems with it, because it's like, okay, he could have jumped off a different side of the building. And the way that the, they made the twist come about, it felt like one of those, like, it's just a prank, bro, moments. Well, and I was like, he literally just tried to kill himself. And he, like, lands and all these people are right there. And then he's just laughing at this party. Ha ha ha, thank you. And it's like, what are you, like, I would sue every single one of them. And the thing about a twist is that a good twist should make you want to rewatch the movie. Or, yeah. like, it should recontextualize everything in the movie that came before. But all this did was just, like, make me feel like I wasted my time. Well, it didn't even feel like a twist because i saw it coming i was like the brother's obviously behind this and it's obviously some kind of setup i didn't think it would be a surprise birthday party but (laughs) i figured it was some kind of like the brother was trying to make him view life differently i cannot believe that this was his movie after seven the whole thing about it just feels like a movie that thinks it's way too important yes like you can tell that the screenwriter was like oh this is gonna be such a cool revolutionary film. Yeah, they're going to be talking about this twist for years. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it wasn't the best, but I was def- I definitely enjoyed it better than Aliens 3. So, yes, or Alien 3. I will say that. Yeah, I watched the whole thing, you know? I yeah. didn't necessarily enjoy it, but I didn't hate it. No. This is one I didn't want it. I mean, I wanted it to end, but I wasn't like waiting for it to end. Right. It wasn't like Alien where I was like, God, just end already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's move on to number eight. All right. I think from this point on, we're probably going to be different. So yeah. you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Eight? My number eight is Panic Room. Okay. Which one did this come out? Uh, Let's look. 2002. It's got little baby Kristen Stewart in it. It does. Who did a good job, I thought. She, I think she did do a good job. It's got a lot of actors in it, like a lot of like famous yeah. actors. I gave this movie three stars. I thought it built the suspense well. 
I thought there were parts of it that were pretty creative. I thought the performances were good. The action sequences were pretty good when they had like, I mean like the fire explosion scene. I thought yeah. was a good action sequence. Um, Didn't love it. Didn't come out on the other side being like, wow, I'm so glad that I finally watched this movie. It was kind of more just like, well, that was a fine experience. Yeah, I'll get more into my thoughts a little bit when I get to where I ranked it, which isn't much higher. But um, <laughs> I de like I definitely enjoyed it. I didn't like the ending that much. No, I, felt I like didn't either. The last, the final act was kind of underwhelming in my opinion. And then when the father coming back, and I was like, "What is?" Yeah, yeah. there were some de definitely like script decisions that I was like, uh, <laughs> "Yeah." Well, and that's the thing, too, with Fincher is that he doesn't write his own scripts. Right. So a lot of his style is more in atmosphere. Yeah. And even, like, the way he directs characters. And you definitely get that in this. I did like the dynamic between the mother and daughter. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, and there is one scene in this with, like, when she's running to get the cell phone out of the panic room. They, they just do a lot of interesting stuff with, like, using the ca the in-house cameras. And the setup is interesting, where, if you don't know, the setup is that she's getting robbed, but she's in this panic room, but where they, what the people are looking for to steal is in the panic room. Right. So they're trying to, like, figure out a way to get her out, and she's yeah. trying to figure out... It's, it's a little complicated to explain, but it does lead to some interesting plot ideas yeah i liked the scenes with the mom and the daughter any of yeah. the other stuff i was like not into it like jared leto's character i wanted to shoot in the face so i was glad when he i think that was the point the of jared leto's i know though. but i just was like none of this is interesting to me whereas like the parts of them were kind of the most interesting parts in my opinion yes i agree uh okay so that's your number eight yep. panic room uh, okay, so my number eight is The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. And I'll just do my number seven, too, which is Panic Room. So I kind of could go back and forth on these a little bit. I could probably put Panic Room at number eight. I think Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is definitely better visually and um, on a technical level. I just did not like the story for Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I was so bored the entire time. And I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know... Who was framing Daniel Craig? I don't know. And it felt like there was a whodunit. Mystery. Then it was like a thriller. And then the ending was just, oh, it was the brother all along who was acting creepy from the beginning. And, oh, the daughters actually did escape, even though they said in the beginning it was literally impossible, which is a whole thing. I don't know. Girl, I just didn't, um, I didn't love it. The story, I just couldn't get into it. But like I said, the performances were good and the technical stuff was good. I definitely like the I liked the dynamic a lot between Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara. I think they had a really good ke good chemistry. They're different characters. The way they bounced off each other was really fun to watch, and I think they made a good team, which made the ending a little bit sad because I that was a sad, that was a sad ending. Yeah. Um, but I think I liked I just put Panic Room above it because I like the story better, and for me, story always kind of comes first than technicality. But I don't know. I know um, you liked The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo a little better than me. I, I mean, did. obviously, you put it higher. It is higher on my list. So I guess you can get into more of your thoughts when we get to that. Yeah. That was uh, my number eight, which is Dragon Tattoo, and then seven, which is Panic Room. Uh, so why don't you now go to your number seven? I will. 
precursor, please do not give me oh, no. shit for this. I'm oh, no. sorry for the people who Shoot. think this movie is a masterpiece. And my number seven is Gone Girl. Oh, okay. Which I did not like at all. Um, at all? No. I gave it three and a half stars because I'm not a fool and I recognize good filmmaking when I see it. And I think the female character was really interesting. The way she, I I mean, she's literally a psycho bitch who is just like tearing people's worlds apart. And right. that's fine. Right. Like, you know, why not have a strong female villain every once in a while? It was a great villain, too. Great villain. Yeah, role. so I like parts of the story. Um, I literally, I know we've talked, we talked about Ben Affleck briefly in our Way Back episode, which I thought right. his performance in that was better. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, I literally, like, every scene he was in, I was like, you were a piece of cardboard he felt to me so dull i mean i don't know who else i would have wanted to play like a role like that but it was just really hard for me to get through scenes with him in it because i just was like i do not like his performance at all really i thought that he was like amazing in this i loved his performance but it's i mean it is a matter of personal opinion so i think that just the casting of him was perfect and that he like looks like a guy that, that something like this would happen to, if that makes sense. And he definitely plays both sides of like, because it's the whole thing is kind of like a mystery thriller where you're trying to figure out if he killed her or if she's really trying to manipulate everything. And it works both ways in that you can see him as both a killer and maybe as just this idiot guy that like is just clueless about everything. Um, right. And a lot of the things that it plays with, too, with like him being kind of exploited by the media or his things getting twisted around by the media is what Ben Affleck actually like happens to on a regular basis. Like that's his whole <laughs> life. So I I think that Fincher definitely knew what he was doing in casting Ben Affleck in that it's it was definitely um, a calculated decision in my opinion the reason i didn't like it as much as other people and i put it at uh number six was i think um the the story was pretty good and i liked the characters the there was a few too many twists for me even though like they all worked there was just a lot like of yeah. twisting and turning it was like every 20 minutes it was like oh my god and and there's <laughs> this thing <laughs> yeah i think and i think with that many twists, watching it like on a rewatch probably wouldn't be as re- that rewarding because it's like you already know wh- how, where it's going to end up. And that's always something you can say with twists, you know. But I think just the way things unfolded in this, I don't think it would work as well watching yeah. it again. And also it was just boring to look at, I thought. I did not like the way this was shot. Sometimes it, I liked the kind of grayish white tone they were going for. But a lot of it looked really just dull, in my opinion. Yeah. There was a few cool shots, like the the powdered sugar scene, I thought looked really cool. And I definitely liked the Neil Patrick Harris getting his throat slit scene. Yeah, being a chump, a complete chump. <laughs> so that was, and I liked it a little more than you, obviously, because yes. it's a little higher. But, and yeah. I think that it's not his best, but at this point in the list, 
Uh, so from like number six on for me, I feel like these are the movies that I would consider to be like good slash great movies. I think yeah. um, seven down for me. So Panic Room, Dragon Tattoo, The Game, and Aliens 3 are all like ones that I can enjoy on different levels, but I really don't like. But from Gone Girl now up the rest of the list, I think all of these are, if not masterpieces, they're at least like good like i enjoy solid them. movies yeah exactly yeah so what's your number six um so this is another one that is oh shoot very controversial and i apologize in advance but i'm not actually sorry because i just didn't like the movie uh my number six is the social network no <laughs> why i thought it was gonna be dragon tattoo and it was gonna be perfect but no i I thought about it. I thought about, because Dragon Tattoo, spoiler alert, is my number five. And I thought about mm -hmm. switching these two. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I just didn't enjoy the social network. So, for me, I gave it a three and a half. I, I understand why people like this movie. Um, I think the scenes are directed really, really well. I think the way all the lines are delivered are really good. Um, the performances are great. The cinematography is great. The color grading is great. Uh, it feels very, like, of the time period. Very 2003. But it's just, it's just not for me. I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't care about the plot or the story or the characters. It was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I know that you love this movie. That's okay. That's okay. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna say anything now because I'll have, I'll be able to talk later. But so was it just though the story that like was you just couldn't get into? So kind of like the same thing I was saying with uh, Dragon Tattoo, where like I enjoyed like the technical stuff, but it was just I didn't care about really the characters. Or the yeah, story or it's just not it's not my kind of movie. This kind of like even just like the pacing and the way that it's told, like the way the narrative is structured is just yeah, not with the courtroom scenes yeah like it's forth, not right? necessarily my personal preference or taste in a film or story so it's nothing against the people who like this movie i'm not saying if you like this movie well i mean yeah we we should probably say if, i mean there's probably people that are really mad at the game being number nine so <laughs> that's probably but what's funny is like i mean i would probably watch this movie again like, yeah. I wouldn't be against watching it again. I wouldn't watch it anytime soon. I do have a special edition DVD of this movie uh, that I got at a thrift store. It's like a really nice, uh, super wow. cool, sleek, like, set with a really nice cover and fancy lettering. And it's so got, if someone like, looked at your collection, they would be like, man, she really loves the social network. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bought it That's before funny. I saw this movie, actually, because mm. uh, it was at the thrift store and it was like a dollar. So I was like, "Oh, I mean, I would have bought Aliens three for a dollar. I, I wouldn't. I have, would but... never. I would not waste a dollar <laughs> on Alien three. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. It's yeah. Sorry, it's a yeah. it's an okay movie to me. But so I think though we can maybe agree that from six on for both of us, we would say that that's the cutoff for like the ones that we like yeah 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 five five through one for me are ones that i, okay. I enjoyed um yeah so those are our 10 through six uh let's just go through them quick yeah my number 10 is alien three <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my number 10 as well Alien Three. my number nine is the game ditto 
<laughs> my number eight is Panic Room. My number eight is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. My number seven is Gone Girl. My number seven is Panic Room. And my number six is The Social Network. And my number six is Gone Girl. Wow. There we go. Ten through six. So we'll go to a bit of an ad, and then we'll come back with what you've all been waiting for, our, our top, top five Fincher movies. <gasps> no wow. one wants to hear about Aliens 3. <laughs> God. All right. And we're back with our top five Fincher movies ranked. Let's jump right in. Uh, why don't you go first this time? Uh, I mean, I would, but maybe you should start because you've already said your number five. Oh, yes. My number five is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, right. which is also three and a half. All these are like three and a half star movies for me uh, until wow. we get to my top three. Yeah, I liked this movie more than you did for sure. Um, well, obviously, yes. <laughs> I the whole time though I kept thinking is this Benoit Blanc's like <laughs> origin story? That's literally story? what I thought. I was like, <laughs> I was like is this out his origin story? Is this why he's like his past is so secret and he adopted like a southern accent? Especially in that scene where like um Christopher Plummer's like explaining what happened. It felt so much like Knives Out. I know. And it, and it was Christopher Plummer. So I was I getting know. I just was getting some Knives Out vibes. It was Yeah, good. I definitely thought that. And then when he put his glasses on, I was like, uh-huh. And then he was listening to music in his headphones on his phone and I was like <laughs> we got you we know it's you're not a mystery anymore it's the prequel no uh i like this kind of movie it feels to me like a crime tv show which yeah, i'm into sure. stuff like that um so i didn't have any problem tracking with like the characters and the plot and i figured that she was still alive I didn't know it was going to be the sister, uh, but I was like, I bet she's still alive. Like, because they kept emphasizing yeah. that she was dead. And I was like, right. mm hmm. Yeah. Mm. No one's seen her. No one saw the body. She is alive. I know how this works. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was good. Uh, I liked the characters. I thought the, like, filming was really cool. There was some cool yeah. action sequences, like with the motorcycle. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one a lot more than the other ones so that's why i put it higher on the list i feel like technically it's about the same level as like the social network obviously it's very very different um yeah, yeah. though as well different tone uh but i definitely enjoyed enjoyed watching it i think i would have enjoyed it more too if like i said i just maybe was smarter and i knew the plot because the whole time <laughs> i just was so confused and i couldn't understand what was happening but there, like you said too, there were definitely some like really great like moments that I enjoyed. I don't know that I would watch it again or really enjoy it's watching long. it again. It is it is very long. Uh, but I it, it's it's a uh, interesting for the first time you watch it because it's kind of like a journey through it. Yeah, but I yeah. think if I watched it again, I would be like, nah, this isn't as enjoyable as like the first watch. Totally agree. Yeah. But maybe I would understand it more. So maybe I should watch again. I don't know. Uh, all right. So my number five is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. That's a long title. 
It is. It's a long one. Um, I liked this one. I think this is definitely one people put. I mean, obviously you liked it too. You haven't even you haven't said it yet. Talk yeah, it's my it next so. one, so I can talk about it with you here. Cool. So it's your, your number four. So yeah, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I think it's just like a really, it's a nice change of pace from all it the is. other Fincher movies. It is like, such a nice change of pace. It's so it's so relaxing, and there's not really like the only kind of thing you're worried about is just how his life is gonna Turn unravel. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you care about him, and it's Brad Pitt, so it makes it even better. Right, especially when he's not old anymore, and he's like Brad Pitt in his prime, and you're like, all right, I'm here with this now. <laughs> yeah, I just think this movie felt like such a warm hug. I think I wrote this in my letterbox review, but it felt like a movie you watch when you're sick, you know? Yeah. Like a storybook, kind of, and it's just like, and the length works in that it feels like this like big, like sprawling narrative that you're just like watching unfold. Yeah. It's just like it's just relaxing to watch. I don't know. Well, I appreciate that it takes you through basically his whole life. I mean, obviously you're right. missing your chunks here and there, uh, right. but you know the length works for it in that regard because y- you're getting the whole cycle of his life. You're not just getting like certain portions of it, right. which I think is is really good for the narrative and for, like, developing the character. Yeah, and I think, like, the way it's told with how Kate Blanchett's character, like, on her deathbed and then, like, her daughter reading his writing. So, like, the way that the story unravels, like, the way it's told is really interesting, too. So, yeah, I think this one was just, it was a good time. It was, like, it feels so different from all of these other nine movies yeah it's i mean it's like it's sad and whatever but it's also like a feel-good movie in a way because it really is kind of sit into the story and mahershala ali's in it there's so many good people in it like for sure supporting characters yeah no i would probably not watch it again just because it's long and it is long i have better things to do with my time but I wow. definitely enjoyed wow. the first watch of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no, yeah, I know what you mean. It's definitely, and it's interesting just to see, like, what's going to happen when he starts getting younger. Like, how are people going to react? Which, that was one thing where, like, they never really explained why. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. That's happening. But also, <laughs> like, that kind of adds to the charm where it's, like, it's almost like a fantasy story where you're just supposed to accept it and kind of go with it. Yeah. Which, again, that's... Yeah. Get, yeah. that's a lot different than all of his other movies so yeah. i enjoyed that part of it a little no yeah i just was like okay wait so when he was first born but he was old so like he was having physical symptoms of being old yes, but his mind so. was young and then yes. when he's old i mean young but old his mind was having the mental symptoms of being old but his body was physically young it was yeah. hard for me to process that. I was just like, but okay, also, so now he has was Alzheimer's. his mom when he was young. Was he getting like more testosterone? Like, was hormones like different too? I don't know. I have a lot okay. of questions. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of questions that I have, and I just was like, there were some things that kind of weirded me out, like the fact that he was old and was probably only like twelve or fifteen and was like sleeping with a prostitute and getting drunk. And I was like, I get that he's old. But he's yeah. also like well, but a he minor. really wasn't old. It was really he was twelve. I know, yeah, and I was weird. like, that's kind of I'm a little uncomfy with <laughs> this going on here. Sorry. Um, so there were a couple things that like w- just within the technicality of the narrative and the screenplay, I was like, mm, 
But overall, I enjoyed the experience. Um, all right, so that's your number four and my number five. So now my number four. This is when my movies all are either four and a half or five, and only the f- number my number one is a five. So this is my first four and a half on the list. Uh, Zodiac is my number four. Um, this is a good one. I mean, it's a long one, and it it's is. definitely you'd feel it, but also you don't because kind of like B- Benjamin Button, it takes place over such a long amount of time. Yeah, that. It's obvious why it's long, unlike something like the girl with the dragon tattoo, which like they just which draw happens out very yeah 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 scenes, and it's like it's supposed to only be three days. I don't know. Right, the pacing makes sense, and it, you they keep you engaged because it's like this really big like this r- thriller about uh, discovering the Zodiac killer, and I really love all the performances in this. Like Jake Gyllenhaal is great, and Robert Downey he Jr. Is. He is um, also great. Don't forget about yeah, my it, king, Mark and Ruffalo. Mar- and Mark Ruffalo, yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a great cast. And it's fun to just see them interact. I definitely, like, as it gets towards the end, grow a little more disinterested. Just the way that the mystery unfolds and it's kind of like, the the tension, I guess, just releases a little bit for me. Yeah, um, that Besides sense. that scene where he thinks that he's with the Zodiac Killer in his house and he's like, come into the basement. And he's like, I don't want to go in the basement. That is a really- great scene it is a good scene it is a good scene and it's a really good movie you know yeah. and i def i definitely don't like like it as much as other people do like i know that some people think it's like the best movie of like last decade or like well two decades ago now i guess but it just it is really fun to watch and there is a lot to enjoy about it i think where it falls off a little bit for me is just as it, the narrative goes I, it loses a little bit of that tension that was so like prevalent in the first half Okay. Great shots, though. Like yeah. the mail scene in the beginning. Yeah. A very nice, so a very nice sequence. There's a lot I'll, of great I'll shots. I'll talk in about this. it when it yeah. comes up on my list. Right. Well, now we're in our top three. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. And two of our top three are the same. Right. Or at least they're in both of our, are in our top three. Um, right. My number three is seven. That's my number three. Wow! So we do have the next two are the same, and we just have a different number one. Uh, yeah, so I watched this last night. This movie is about a serial killer who is killing people through way of the seven deadly sins, uh, like sloth, gluttony, etc., etc. And Brad Pitt is the kind of new young detective. And Morgan Freeman plays the older guy who's trying to retire, and this is his last case. And he has seven days left, so that's yeah, the point. Seven. <laughs> seven, seven deadly sins. A lot of sevens. So many parallels. No, yeah, this, it was a lot for me. I watched it last night. I started at like 11 o'clock, so it was late. It was dark. The first hour and a half was very difficult for me to get through because it just was too too much for me which is so strange because zodiac which i feel like is also very intense and about a serial killer i handle way better than i handled this one i i think zodiac though doesn't have like they don't really show the murders well they show the first couple they well they show like them getting murdered but they don't like show the crime scene and the pictures and in seven it's not really seeing the murders it's seeing like the aftermath so you see like all the blood yeah and everything um i gave it four stars mostly because the final like 30 minutes were so good it's such a good end scene 
that I was mm. like, you know what? This just like pay. It was like such a good payoff. Unlike the game, that the payoff actually like <laughs> makes everything that came before so much better. Yeah, I didn't mind uh, when it got to the end that it was hard for me to get through the first section of it. Yeah, I definitely agree that the last act makes it so much better than what came before. Yeah. But for me, it definitely made everything that came before feel more worth it. Like, the first 30 minutes of this movie, I was just not into it at all. I was bored. I was like, this is moving so me slow. Me with every single Fincher movie, the first 30 minutes, I'm like... It gets a long time to get into his movies, but I don't know if I would have liked that last act as much if it didn't have that buildup and you didn't get to... And it really doesn't yeah. work, too, with... You care about Brad Pitt's character in that final scene, and you and you know about you know his character so well, and you know Morgan Freeman's character so well. Yeah. And so I don't know if the last scene would have worked as well if we didn't spend all that time with those characters and see them interact with each other. Well, and you kind of like you feel. I love that they don't tell you. Okay, spoiler. They're not like, oh my god, it's his wife's decapitated head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that they kind of just show you in what the serial killer was leading up to in the way he was talking, directing everything towards him instead of Morgan Freeman's character. Like, it was attack right. on him. Um, and then, obviously, Morgan Freeman's reaction to opening the box so it's like this whole thing building up and you kind of know, but they don't tell you and you're like, oh God. And then you're like waiting for the reveal or he's like, what's in the box? Yeah. And it, it's like you're figuring out what happened with Brad Pitt. And it's yeah, like when he figures is, it out, you figure it out. It's really good storytelling. And it's great acting by Brad Pitt. You see it all in his face and you really don't know up until when he does it, if he's going to shoot him or not and complete the seven deadly sins, you know? Yeah. It's just a really good ending, and it makes the whole movie seem, like, so worth it, you know? And that's what, it's good, that's what a good ending should do. Yeah, and I will say, which I kind of texted you about, but when you watch a movie like this that is a lot older, and things have happened with people in the movie since then, uh, Kevin Spacey, and you know that they're a terrible person, and have been accused of and all this with sexual assault. You don't really like watching movies with those people in them because you think about that, you know? But mm -hmm. he was playing a serial killer. So I was like, you know what? It worked. Like, it works. He's a bad dude playing a bad dude, and I don't even care. Like, Because exactly. that's hard for me to watch stuff and be like, oh, this person was... Well, it's hard when the movie wants you to root for them, but... When they're the villain, then it's like, okay, yeah, exactly. so I already hate them, so I can still hate them here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good casting decision. And all across the board. I feel like Fincher does really good casting. Yeah, well, I think he's directly involved with a lot of the casting, too, and that's why. Yeah. I know in Gone Girl, this is like a side note, but like in Gone Girl, Reese Witherspoon produced it, and she originally wanted to play Amy. Right. And he convinced her not to play Amy. I think Brad Pitt was also originally supposed to play Ben Affleck's role. Wow, that would I that would that could be wrong, me. but I think that he was one of the people that was originally slated in that kind of mix. He always like Brad Pitt's been in two of his movies, so Three. it wouldn't have been out of the ordinary. Three of his movies. 
three. Which brings us to our number two. Which is Fight Club, which we talked about in our previous episode. We've never seen Fight Club. Yeah, well, now we've seen it. Now we've seen it. Yeah, Yeah, so if you want like a full 45-minute rundown of our thoughts on Fight Club, you can watch that. Listen to that episode. Uh, No, Fight Club is great. I gave it four stars originally. If I watched it again, I'd probably give it a higher star rating. Um, yeah, I have four and a half. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's fun. It is. It's like it is interesting. Fun. The characters are so unique and so crazy. And yeah, I mean, like, there's not much I can say that I haven't already yeah, said. But we already said it. I will say though, like, kind of like we were saying, it takes a long time to get into his movies. But this one, and then my number one, are like the only two I've seen of his where like the whole I was engaged the entire time and yeah. I wasn't just like forcing myself or like just trying to trying to get into it. Fight Club, it's like right from the beginning you're into it, you know. And that was just a nice feeling to after watching all of these like I mean obviously stuff like Gone Girl or Zodiac like I like too. Um, but it just, they, they felt more, they took more work for me, but Fight Club. It's a fun one. Yeah. Like it's one that you don't have to be too stressed out when you're watching it because something like seven, like, you know, you're supposed to be on the edge of your seat as you're watching it. But with Fight Club, it's like, yes, there's all these entertaining and exciting things happening, but you don't have to be like, Ooh, what's gonna happen next? Like, you're not, right? you know, right. tense or stressed or, like, sucked in to the kind of, like, expectancy, anxious expectancy that Fincher puts you in in some of his other movies. It's like, you're right. just like, okay, great, I'm enjoying the story and it's different and fun. Right, and he's all, but he's also still able to kind of add in, like, his classic, like, existential ideas. Like and has a good one, twist. So. It does have a good twist. Seven has a good twist. Fight Club has a good twist. The game does not have a good twist. The game does not have a good twist. Gone Girl has (laughs) pretty good twists. Uh, Yeah. Alien 3 does not have a good twist when it's all of a sudden Alien 3 had a twist? Yeah, because she's like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant with the queen alien. Oh, right. I (laughs) forgot about that. That's the twist, is you're like, oh my gosh, she's impregnated by the beast. Right. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, Fight Club has a great, I think the best twist out of all the films. Mm. All right. Um, so for those of you doing the math at home, you know what both of our number ones are, <laughs> but we'll pretend that there's this big reveal. So Kayla, do you want to drum talk roll, about drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Um, yeah, my number one is Zodiac, the first Fincher film I watched. Mine is the first one I watched, too. Huh. Wow. there is a psychological, uh, thing behind that. No, um, and I've wondered, okay, those of you who know, you do know that Jake Gyllenhaal is in this, and Mark Ruffalo is in this, and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert is in Downey this, Jr. and they're, like, my three, apart from Adam Driver, they're like my three favorite white male actors. <laughs> uh, no, I love them all. Um, so maybe there is some bias, but I also love Brad Pitt and Edward Norton and Daniel Craig. So it's like, you know, it's not just he just picks them. good actors. I feel like so this movie is great. I will say when I watched it, um, and I've watched scenes of it since. I just haven't sat down and watched through the whole. Yeah, like we said, it's three long. hours of it. 
uh, just because it's a lot and it's emotionally draining. The first mm. time I watched this, I was working in as like an admin assistant in a storeroom, like a literal storage room. Uh, I was sitting in this back corner and I had my iPad. I watched this on my iPad propped up on the shredder as I was shredding microfiche documents and watching uh, stuff about the Zodiac Killer and it was still intense uh, but I was like all alone with my headphones in in the storage room uh, so it was a fun time it was a fun experience and I will not forget that viewing experience that's kind of a cool experience too because it's a lot about journalism and like letters and paper and you're and i papers. had boxes in boxes of stuff sitting around me that i was and you're just looking at every documents. paper you're shredding yeah. like is this a letter from the zodiac oh my god could you imagine <laughs> i think this movie's great especially because this kind of movie like i said was seven uh serial killers are really hard for me to watch personally um i know a lot of people are into true crime serial killer stuff which is fine to each his own it's just not for me it works me up and makes me anxious and scared of murderers breaking into my house and killing me but i feel like this movie didn't really scare me which is so weird to me like i feel like just the way that he told it like yes it was intense but it wasn't really about the killer like the killer wasn't as prominent as something like Seven, where he's going on the killing spree or whatever. It was more mm. about the people who were researching it or writing about it that were like how the killer was taking over their lives in right. the sense that like they were getting wrapped up in kind of the mystery of it. And I think that's what drew me more to it is more like the mystery of who is it and how they're like trying to figure it out yeah and you're right too because even in seven even though it's not about like you're mostly following the detectives zodiac is even one more removed from that where you're not following the detectives you're just following like the people that are following the detectives if that makes sense yeah like it's not as action-based because right. you know in seven it's like they're running around with guns getting shot at and all this like it's more you're set back distance from it but like learning about all these different uh right. things that are happening in the process so that is that's that's my number one there we go my uh my number one is the social network which like i said was the first one i saw so there's our there's our parallel there before i rewatched this yesterday i had this at four stars um on letterboxd and i think i had it placed at number five but then on rewatch it like my opinion on it was completely changed and it wasn't really anything it wasn't like i didn't understand the story the first time or i didn't like understand the themes the first time like i understood all that i just think the pacing worked so much better for me this time around um and i just think in this one the acting is so good and i think this is the best screenplay he's ever worked with in my opinion and I mean, it's two hours, but comparatively to all these other movies, it's like pretty quick for him. And he gets all in all his ideas in this super fast paced manner. And it's even though it's about Facebook, which is this huge enterprise, it's probably his most personal film, maybe besides Benjamin Button. But even Benjamin Button was a pretty big story. 
But this is really just about the humanity within people and what drives them to do what they do and trying to really explore that even in someone as untouchable as um, Mark Zuckerberg. And even if this isn't like a fully historically accurate movie, like, I mean, a lot of the criticisms would be, I think it doesn't really matter because it's really not about Facebook. There are like messages about security and social security in the story but it's more about just like i said like the humanity side of it and that works whether or not it's historically true or not like it's supposed to just be like more of a way to make people a little more invested because it's like oh i know about facebook that's interesting yeah and even like you know that you're watching a story about mark zuckerberg but a lot of times just the way that the character is directed and even acted um, sometimes you forget, like, you get invested in the character's stories in a way that they're, like, individually, their stories are being shared, that yeah. you kind of almost forget that it's, like, based on Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. And they don't really get into, like, when they, like, it ends when they hit a million followers, like, a million people on their website. And it's still just, like, in colleges. So it's not really about Facebook as a big corporation it's really just about like this startup project that he's been working on um and that's why i don't even know if a sequel would work as well as people think like i know that there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff that's happened (laughs) since this movie ends like there's a lot they could get into but i don't know if a sequel would work because it would be more factual based and that's not really what made this one good yeah it's about you know? the characters rather than you know what happened necessarily exactly exactly and like the friendship between him and eduardo which is such a good friendship and it's so sad to watch it fall apart uh it makes me sad yeah, every time yeah well that's what happens in relationships you let things get in between you know or one of you is just like uh self absorbed yeah, that will be the fall of our friendship is <laughs> when the podcast blows up and we're both really famous and then all of a sudden we're like, maybe we shouldn't be podcast hosts together. I'm going to reduce your shares to 0.03%. Yeah, that would be about, <laughs> what, like 25 cents? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not like we're making billions of dollars. Justin Timberlake's coming for our ad revenue. Yeah. So that's David Fincher ranked. Wow. Um, just to go quickly, just through the rankings. So just starting from bottom to top, I have Aliens 3, then The Game, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Panic Room, Gone Girl, Benjamin Button, Zodiac, Seven, Fight Club, and The Social Network. And mine is Alien 3, The Game, <laughs> Panic Room, <laughs> Gone Girl, The Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Benjamin Button, Seven, Fight Club, and number one is Zodiac. I just can't get over the fact they called it The Game. That sounds just so pretentious, like, The Game. <laughs> the like, Game. <laughs> they definitely thought that it was going to be way cooler than it was. Yeah. <laughs> not not, not a fan. Uh, Overall, I mean, I know I liked his films a little more than you did but i think we both definitely enjoyed this and it was definitely interesting like it's always interesting to do a deep dive into a director 
rather than just like watching one of their movies and then like a couple years right. later watching another one. You can get it. Well, especially better since idea. he has a new movie coming out, and he's it's like better to have the full background, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah, and for me, it's like you know maybe i didn't enjoy yeah like one of my favorite directors or my favorite director is miyazaki and like his movies i love them so much because i feel like i can connect with them and connect Mm -hmm. with the characters for fincher i don't really connect with a lot of the stories that he's telling i'm not as emotionally invested in his stories as i am other directors stories uh, but I think on a technical level, Fincher is one of the best directors working today. I think he's really mastered his craft and, you know, what he wants out of a film and how exactly he's going to achieve what he wants. And yes. that in itself is very impressive. So is he in my top five favorite directors? No. But is he one of the best directors, I think, that's working right now yeah i'd say definitely yeah for sure and i'm like you said even more excited now to check out the new film he's uh making which which... i didn't know this but it was written by his father and his yes before his father died yes i saw that last night uh yeah we'll do a review on it i'm sure because it'll be a big movie yeah, I mean, especially now where like there's not many big movies. Yeah, to talk and it's about. a so streaming any... movie, so right, right, we'll be able to watch it. <laughs> exactly. The last thing I'll say is that I do think that it's really just my favorite part of his movies is just the way he's able to make like such mainstream ideas or like things that can be advertised to like a wide audience, and he's able to take that and still be able to bring in money and entertain people while also kind of having these larger ideas of, like I said, humanity. Yeah, a lot of broader, bigger social themes that he tackles. Yeah, in but in like these like big budget films, especially like something like Gone Girl, which is his most financially successful film, and that's like a crazy, intense, messed up movie. And like just how he's able to make such crazy movies and still like be able to get producers to want him to keep making movies and i love that just the way he makes movies he just gives like zero shits about anything you know what i mean like he's just like this is what i do this is how i make it and that's just how it's gonna be because there's a lot of directors that you know whether for the better or not kind of play into either like present culture or current Hollywood and try to go for the awards and all that. Right. You know what I mean? Like they play to the, to the masses pretty well. Uh, and like the Russo brothers, uh, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not trying to be shady today. No, but you know what I mean? Like he does it because he wants to tell these stories and because he loves filmmaking. I love that he just does it the way he wants to do it without kind of peddling to studios or other people who may try to give input on stuff that he makes. Right, and that's why I think he doesn't like Aliens 3, because that's obviously, like, the most commercial film he's made. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, he's more just about making what he wants to make. Yeah, which which is I'm always about. Yeah, I respect him a lot. All right, there we go. That was a long episode, but I think think it was a good one. 
So I guess we can wrap things up now. So yeah. you can subscribe on all your favorite platforms to we the show. We stream everywhere. We are streaming everywhere. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review if you would be so kind. It helps <laughs> us. Um, it helps us get up in the charts. And um, so yeah, if you enjoy the if you enjoy the show, just leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Yep, and you can follow us on social media at Secondhand Film Pod on Instagram and Facebook, and at Secondhand Film on Twitter. We don't know what our next episode is. We have an interview coming up with the director of To the Stars, uh, which mm-hmm. is a coming of age film set in the 1960s. And we don't know when that's going to be, because uh, we haven't done it yet, but it's coming up in the month of May. We can tell you that much. Ideally, we would want to release it on the 11th, but we don't know. So if it doesn't come out on the 11th, then be looking for it on the 18th, because yeah. it'll probably be then. Yeah, so just expect to come back to us in a couple weeks with some great content for you yes we're trying our hardest (laughs) yeah without uh new movies really coming out we're really trying to figure out what we're going to talk about and how we're going to move forward with some episodes yeah so just be keeping an eye on our social medias yeah when we we'll post stuff like if we have an episode coming out on a monday or not all right well until next time i'm kayla and i'm noah (laughs) and And we're your second hand film critics